open up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the listeners. I thank you for the richness of your word. That it's not about me, Lord, it's about your word. Father, I pray that today, as your word goes forth, that it would just find a place in the listeners' hearts, Father. I thank you for who you are, Father. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice he paid on the cross, the death that we could not pay. Father, I just pray for your strength, your guidance, and for your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every time I come up here, i got to realize that it's not about me. It's strictly about His Word. And, um, you know, putting a message together is... There's times where I struggle. Um... Because the Word of God is so rich. Man, you get on it, you get to studying, and you go on this rabbit trail, and you go on this rabbit trail, and you go on this rabbit trail. So my message this morning is like a shotgun effect on a rabbit trail. I'm all over, you know. I didn't even have a title uh, for today's message until on the way here this morning. I had like five different titles. And I said, you know what? This is going to be the title of it. Believe believe. Um, again, um, you know, Psalms 139.14 says we were fearfully and wonder, we were fearfully and wonderfully created. I believe is how that goes. And you think about how God created us and then he left his word behind. We were in darkness on the way to hell and then Apostle Paul comes along, and he was causing havoc with the church, persecuting the little flock. And the Lord reached down, reaches down and grabs a hold of him, and makes him a chosen vessel. And we're going to read some verses here in a minute. And then everything changes. And how we now were taken out of darkness and placed in His glorious light, the plan of salvation, and... God knew, God knew exactly what it would take to get us from point A to point B. Not about, not about us, but He laid it out for us that if we would just simply believe. And it's like Pastor Rick was talking this morning on the message. You know, the hardest thing is to believe. You know, we can read the Word. We can say, well, that's God's Word and everything. But do we believe it? Because that's when the action takes place, when we believe. So let's go, let's start with um, Acts 8.3, because that's when everything changed um, with Saul. Acts 8.3. We'll start at verse 1, Acts 8.1. And Saul was consenting unto his death, and that was Stephen's death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. 
And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling men and women, committed them to prison. Let's go to Acts 9, 1, 6. We'll start at verse 1, 9, Acts 9, 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why per persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, wilt, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And then I want to jump over to verse 15. And he, he got in the city, and Ananias went to him. But the Lord said unto Ananias, to him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Notice this is a chosen vessel. Um, God had his hand all over Saul. And then later his name is, is, is Paul. Let's go to Galatians 5.22. Well, 1 Timothy 1.16, I'm sorry. 1 Timothy 1.16. I tell you, I got rabbit trails all over on this. 1 Timothy 1.16. We'll start at verse... 15. 1 Timothy 1, 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Referring to Paul. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to life everlasting. So we see that Paul is a pattern. Everybody from salvation, from Paul on, is this is the pattern it's going to follow. Let's go to Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And notice it says, it doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. It says singular, fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So, at this point here, we have a gospel that's coming forth. And that gospel is via Apostle Paul. And we're going to touch on a verse here later on. But he was sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when you, when you believe. Once you trusted... You heard the word of truth, the gospel, your salvation, and also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. 
and the Spirit, that Spirit of promise. At that same time, you have the fruit of the Spirit. It was at that same time. So you have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. If we believe that, you know, the weatherman, I, was, I had a job last week out on the West Valley, and my customer wanted a slab of concrete poured because they want to build, they want me to build a shed on it. And it's a Home Depot assembly. And uh, so I dug the form and everything, and I set the footing around it, and I checked the weather for this week, coming week. And there's no rain at all until the end of the week. So we got, I got it scheduled. And that now I'm finding out Wednesday it's going to be raining. So I'm, the Word of God isn't like the weatherman. The we, you know, the weatherman is the only, the only job I think you can have, and you can be wrong 99.9% .9 of the time and still have a job. You know, it just amazes me how wrong they can be. And I don't even know why at times, why I even look at the weather, because they're... That's, that might have been it. We was using Chinese uh, weather balloons huh, for our forecasting. But it, but it amazes me. I'll, I'll cancel jobs because it's supposed to rain, and then out where I'm at, not one drop. Not one drop. And then the other, the other morning I got up, and it was raining. And so I text my customer and says, it's, it's pouring here. Uh, let's do this tomorrow. And a half hour later, I looked out, and it was breaking up. And I said, and no rain. So I got in the text and says, oh, I can be there in a half hour. So I went and did, did the job. But um, Unbelievable. But anyway, the Word of God is, is true. It's accurate. We can believe on it. We can believe it. Uh, we can rest in it. We can be assured that what Paul talks about from Romans to Philemon is true. It's going to come to pass. It's going to work. There's a mighty power behind His Word. It's not just mere words or ink on, on pages. It's the Word of God. And to know that, we have that confidence and that assurance to rest in that. In Romans 8, 11, Romans 8, 11, it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Well, we know that once we believe that spirit, we receive that Holy Spirit of promise. So knowing that that spirit, we have that spirit, the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in us. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Our mortal bodies, that spirit within us is quickening, making alive our mortal bodies as it dwells in there. And we're sealed. It's like, it's like Rick said this morning. You can come to salvation, and then you could take your Bible and throw it in the ditch. You're sealed for all eternity. And then you go to the judgment seat of Christ. Nothing changes. You don't lose your salvation. You're sealed. It's a guarantee. And I'm thankful that we have that earnestness, that it's not about us. It's about His Word. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. It 
2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Do we believe that? Do we believe that that treasure in earthen vessels, we have that treasure in this earthen vessel. This vessel here is going to go to the ground and it's going to rot and decay. It's going to turn back to dust, what it was created of. We have that excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Again, it's not about us. It's all about His plan. I mean, it's so easy to... When I was preparing a message, numerous times I had to say, you know what, Keith, it's not about you. I want, I want this word to go out in such a way that it impacts your life, that it finds a place in your life. And that when you leave here, that message, that word goes with you and, 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 and throughout the week or throughout the day or, or the months down the road, that there will be a verse that pops in your mind. Because as that word is implanted in the inner man, it reflects to the mind. And that's what gives us the ability to make decisions throughout life. So, and, then, and then I realized, you know what, it's not about me. I'm putting the word out. It's up to you folks to believe it. It's up for me to believe it. And believe me, there's words that I don't believe because they haven't taken action yet. It's not about, it's not God's fault. I've got to come to that point and saying, you know what, I'm going to believe on that. I'm going to stand on that. I'm not going to waver from that. I'm not going to let nothing get in the way to hinder that for me. I'm going to believe. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that. Why? Because it's God's Word, and He said it was going to do what it said it was going to do. So we have the fruit. We have... We have the Spirit strengthened. Colossians 1.11. Colossians 1.11. We'll start at verse 8. Who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Notice it says, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power. It's not about our power. It's not about our might. He's going to strengthen us with all might. That might, a force, an empowerment, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering. Ephesians 3.16 Ephesians 3.16 That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. So that word that's placed on the inner man, He's going to strengthen that with might by His Spirit, that Spirit that we are sealed with. Philippians 
again, to believe. Philippians 2.13 For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Believe. For it is God which worketh in you. It's not you. You know, we could, we could pat ourselves on the back all day long, but it's all about Him. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. You know, in the old religious belief I was in, it was all about me. You know, what I could do. And everything I did, I just, I thought it was me. And then when I come into the grace understanding, I realize, you know what? By the grace of God go I. It's all about Him. Colossians 1.29 And Paul says in, Galatians, in Colossians 1.29, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Paul recognized it was his work working in him mightily. And that's the same with us. We need to realize that and recognize that, that as we take in that word, that word, we respond to that word, but we're responding to that word because of his work Working in us mightily. You know, we're just abiding in the Word. We, if we believe that Word, we're just abiding. You know, you take a fruit tree. You don't see that fruit tree out there. We used to have a grape, grapefruit tree or lemon tree over here now that's cut down. You didn't go by that lemon tree or fruit tree and hear it straining to produce fruit. It just produced. It just abided and it just produced. The same thing with us. If we just abide and just rest in the Lord and recognize it's not about us, it's Him that worketh in us, we don't have to strum or drum anything up, then that fruit is just going to come forth. Because we recognize we can't produce the fruit. You know, you could try to produce the love and joy and patience and long-suffering, and then until you come into an incident, then, it, then you're really going to see, well, I don't really possess those. I really don't have those. It's going to flow naturally from you. It's not going to be something you're going to be straining. The word produces. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Man, I love this verse. 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now notice it says, worketh also in you that believe. So they had to believe that that was truly the word of God. And believing is that attitude of actions you are to do as a believer is how effectually it comes forth. So when we believe that's the word of God, then it's going to come forth. In Colossians 1, 4 through 6. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, 
as it does also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Again, that fruit coming forth. It's not about us. We're just responding to it. We're responding to that spirit. We're responding to that word of God. The, the word worketh in you. The Lord works in you. The word works in you. We have a vocation, Ephesians 4, 1 through 2. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 1 through 2. Therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of vocation, wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, from bearing one another in love. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the, bond of in the bond of peace. That vocation is an ambassadorship. But And in verse 2 it says, in verse 1, it says, Ye are called. Well, how were we called? God didn't have my phone number. I mean, I wasn't just walking down the road and I heard a voice out of heaven like Paul did. Um, let's, go to, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. How were, how were we called? 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the God. Now, see, some people think God chose you and that there's some people He didn't choose. But if we read on a little bit further in verse 14, whereunto He called you by our gospel to obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. He called you by our gospel, the gospel of Apostle Paul. That gospel came forth, you read it, you believed it, and you became saved. That's how you was chosen. Because there's some people that, that believe that there's a segment of society that is going to be saved and the other ones are damned to hell no matter what they do. And we know that that's not true. My gospel. We hear a lot about that, my gospel. Let's go to Romans 16.25. The gospel that Paul is talking about. Romans 16.25. Romans 16.25. Now to him that has power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. That gospel that Paul is talking about was a mystery. It was kept secret since the world began. No one ever heard about it until Saul was saved and became Paul. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5.
We know we have a vocation. That vocation is an ambassador for Christ. And we see in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you. By us we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We're a new creature in Christ. We were taken out of Adam and placed into Christ. We were spiritually dead, now we're spiritually alive. We have a ministry of reconciliation. That ministry of reconciliation is God's no longer mad at us. Christ paid the debt for our sin. Where we was once in darkness, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He, 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 he provided an avenue for us to get back to what Adam lost. And now we're ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ here on earth. We have a vocation. What a, what a calling. And God provided that in Christ for us. Temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You know, we all have temptation, you know. Well, how, how do I know that? You're, you're all tempted just like I am. You know how I know that? Because the Word says that, you know. I got your mail just like you got my mail. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. You know, some people go through life and they may have thoughts and they may ha think that they are the oddball or or something's not right with them, and that causes them to struggle through life and stuff like that. And if they only knew that all mankind has that. Why? Because of the flesh here that we inherited from Adam. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will the temptation also make a way to escape, that we may be able to bear it. Wow. The stress of the economy, you know, any of us stress on that? You know, I don't watch the news except on Sunday morning. I'll watch my little Meet the Press show. And that's enough because it's when you get done watching that, it's almost like, you know, the world's going to end tomorrow. You know, let's eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we're, we're dead, you know. Financial worries, political concerns, employment concerns, sickness concerns. I, I, you know, I go to a number of my customers and they get to talk and I can tell they, they listen to the news. And I said, you know, I said, that's why I don't listen to the news. Because that will consume me all day long. I want to read the word. And I can tell when my wife listens to the news or she's been checking different things. 
And I just tell her, I said, you know, if we go there, that's what's going to the mind. The word, if we get that word in us, that's reflecting to the mind and realizing, you know what, we're, we're just passing through here. The earth ends tomorrow. Where are we going? We're going to glory. You know? We're going to glory. And I realize that. But then there are times when you let the worldly things, they kind of take possession, and then we got to get things back in balance. And as we see in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that He makes a way to escape that we may be able to bear it. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12. You know, Apostle Paul, he had a thorn in the flesh, and he prayed three times for it to be removed. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I recognize the days where I am struggling. That's when I say, you know what, Lord, I don't know why I'm struggling. Because I know it's not about me, it's all about you. And then I can feel His grace, now that He's gotten out of the way. We're not alone. Romans 1.16. You know, the Word of God is powerful. Um, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to, believe to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, when we heard the gospel... And we believed that power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. The power of God unto salvation. You know, here we are in total darkness, and the gospel was ministered to us by whoever, and we came to believe that. And you went from darkness to light. The simplicity in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. You know, I've shared the gospel to some people in my work and and I could tell them they have no idea what I'm even talking about. It's just like blank, blankness staring back at you, you know. And all I can do is just say, you know what, Lord, your word is, your gospel is, is a power. It, it, it's, it's your force. It's not me. You know, I delivered it. It's up to you. It's up to that word. Ephesians 1.19 Ephesians 1.19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward, who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand 
in the heavenly places. The greatness of His power that He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. The power there. 1 Corinthians 6.14 1 Corinthians 6.14 And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by His own power. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Do we believe that? You know, that's what I have to ask myself when I read the word. Do I believe that? Am I just reading it or do I truly believe that? Abound in hope, Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Abounding in hope. Faith. 1 Corinthians 2.5 1 Corinthians 2.5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Again, do we believe that? 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Do we believe that? And that word perfect means maturity. Ephesians 6.10 Ephesians 6.10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Do we believe that? So in closing, we have a fruit. We have the Spirit inside of us. We have, we're a vessel. There's a treasure in our vessel. There's no temptation that is common to man has overtaken you. Any of your thoughts have been all of our thoughts. The power of God unto salvation taken us from darkness to light. Able to abound in hope <clears throat> through the power of God through the Holy Spirit.
So as we go forth, let's be mindful that it's not about us. It's all about His Word, what He left behind us, His plan of salvation. And then as Rick said, that when we come across something that we want to that a change, recognizing that He's the one that's doing the work, that we need to be steadfast and surrender to Him, to rest in Him and not try to fight it. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for today. Father, I pray for travel mercies for Rick and Linda and those others that went to the Bible conference in California. I thank you for those here today, Father, and those that listened. I pray that your word does not return void, that it would find a place in their hearts and their minds. And Father, as we go forth, allow us to, to rest in you, Father, that it's not about us, it's all about you and the completed salvation on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.